This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alec the Third. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Superheroes and those seeking to become. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show, where we hope to elevate people so that together we can reach new heights. Today's episode features Jade Marcotte. She is the host of the podcast, I'm Hot Right. She's a stand-up comedian. She's a writer. um, And we had a great conversation. And um, this is a Friday release of Bushwick Variety Show. Um, Yesterday was actually my four-year wedding anniversary. My wife is the owner and operator of the Rack Shack, um, a lingerie boutique and bra shop here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And she was actually featured on a recent episode of I'm Hot Right um, with Jade Marcotte. And I also want to call out in the episode, um, you know, I just like to keep it 100. Um, I thought that I had been at one of Jade's shows before because she puts on shows. Um, But I think what happened in my head is um, we were meeting up socially responsible with some friends um, and one of those friends was featured in that show. And when we were meeting up with those friends, it was like friends of friends. Um, That was around the same time that that episode came out. And so I put those two things together in my head. Uh, Jade was pretty gracious in the conversation, um, kind of playing along, um, letting me not look like an idiot in the moment, but, um, I'm going to call it out. Uh, I, I messed that up, but I like to fact check. So I was wrong about that. I also though want to share that, um, Jade is a great host herself. So definitely check out her podcast and I will be featuring her on an upcoming episode. In addition to this, Um, sharing that episode that she did, that conversation that she did with Laura Henney, my wife, about the Rack Shack. Um, I also want to call out that we had some uh, connectivity issues, um, some some technical issues just with, yeah, with lagging um, and the Zooms. So I did uh, do my best to to keep the conversation pretty complete, but um, edit out the the lagging um as much as possible uh so i think it still turned out to be a pretty lovely conversation so i hope you enjoy it um and any of the technical things that you don't like about it um those are on me so thank you um but enjoy this conversation i think it's really lovely and i look forward to featuring her again um in the future as a guest host so this is jade marcotte host of I'm Hot Right, the podcast. Let's have a conversation. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, do you need me to record on my end or are you? Good, good, all good. <laughs> so how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, do you have like an intro to the podcast or are we just starting? Oh, we just start. Okay. I mean, I put an intro in, like, as I'm releasing, um, but I like the the awkward start or the, you know, the natural, the organic start. That's, honestly, that's beautiful, but um, I did that on a podcast the other day where they didn't, 
tell me that they were starting and i like went into this like very explicit story about me going to the gynecologist um <laughs> which i, I it's fine it's it, it's on air for everyone to see uh here i guess but you know life goes on how are you doing <laughs> were they doing it live or no no they just it was a recorded podcast so i guess technically i could have like reached out and been like cut that please but it's fine it was a funny story i guess <laughs> yeah like i pretty much leave mine pretty raw um there have been like a couple of times only a few times where somebody said something um like maybe they worked for a company and they like in mm. the storytelling were saying talking about their salary and then they were like oh can we pull that and I'll always pull stuff people don't want in, but yeah. Otherwise. Makes please. sense. <laughs> yeah. And your last name, is it, how do, how do you pronounce that? Marcotte? It's Marcotte. Marcotte, okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually saw one of your shows years ago, um, but it was a pretty hazy night for me. It was at Central Station. Central Station. Now it's called Fine Time. It's on Central. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> well, I, was sure. there with, I was there with Laura. Um, okay. It was like one of your yeah. comedy shows. Maybe kind of a variety show. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've done a ton of shows. So everything is all like blends together as far as like bar names and everything. Um, but cool. It <laughs> Hopefully it was fun. Something. Yeah. It might've even been called something. I mean, I was having a good time that night, but good. like I said, to the point where things were hazy by that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've all had those nights. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, to the point where now, like this year, I'm kind of more in this like warrior monk zone of like, yeah, cutting out some of the the vice. Yeah. Okay. I'm the same way. I actually don't really drink anymore. Um, yeah. Not by choice, to be honest with you. Oh, that sounds like I was forced. But like, honestly, every time I would drink, I get like horrible hangovers, no matter like, how little I drink. So it's just kind of like, for me, I'm like, do I want to not be able to do anything the next day? Every single time I have two glasses of wine, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I don't drink anymore. The same with me. Um, I think the last couple of years, it was starting to piss me off. Like mm -hmm. physically, um, I think that it won that battle because like those hangovers like did get more brutal. Um, but then I'd be more angry at myself because it's like, there's things that I have to do during the right. day. There's things that I want yeah. to do during the day. And so if I'm not doing them because I had too much fun the night before, like it, it was, yeah, got to a point where I just, yeah, I had to completely cut it out too. Yeah, it's a whole waste of a day for me. And um, I don't know. I don't know how fun I am drinking anymore. 
like especially with stand up i don't ever some people can like relax and like chill when they're drinking and it helps them on stage for me i try to be very natural with my stand up but i can't remember things if i drink no matter how i like start to forget like certain words certain beats and then i get like nervous so uh don't drink at all when i'm performing so hardly drink Mm-hmm. And when did you start doing yeah. stand-up? So I think five years ago at this point, maybe six. Uh, I started in Vermont. I'm from Vermont. Um, and then moved to Brooklyn four years ago. Uh, and kind of like quit stand-up for a little bit. It was just kind of like uh, trying to get like financially settled in New York, which is impossible. <laughs> to like do that and try to like have that stand-up hustle at the same time I was like no and I like I had a little bit of a traumatizing experience as well so I was just like you know what I need to go to therapy because there's nothing funny about someone traumatized on stage like that's just it sometimes you can't be funny (laughs) sometimes you can't how much um because I think that's in New York there's like a lot more like I was, I've, I've always loved comedy and kind of been a student of it, but like, and there were comedy spots. I'm from Seattle originally. There were comedy spots in Seattle, but like New York, and especially right now, there's like a ton of comedy everywhere. Um, and at open mics, you do run into people working it out <laughs> on the stage. Sometimes it can be funny and sometimes it can be very sad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just finding that like, cause I, when I had my traumatizing experience, uh, I had a roommate kill themselves. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't like find anything funny at that point. Yeah. And like, I just, I didn't want to get on stage and like, just be like a sad person who just like was like stuttering and didn't have much to say. I wasn't writing a lot of material. But it is, it's, open mics are rough. Open mics are really hard. It's really hard to sit through things uh, and just like hear people who've just started comedy or or bad at comedy just saying these things that are just like, that's not a joke. That like, that should be said in therapy. (laughs) Go there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I didn't want to be that person to everyone else. (laughs) And uh, so how did you... So you went to therapy and then how did you kind of, what made you decide to come back and start doing stand-up again? Um, I think like I have a lot of creative energy, but not a lot of skills. I mean, like, some no, it's true. You're looking at me like that, but it's true. Some people have like a lot of creative energy and they can paint, they can uh, they can write, they can do a lot of stuff. For me, the only thing that I can really do creatively is stand up or maybe some writing stuff. Uh, I did get into po- podcasting over the quarantine, but um, it was just something that was like always calling me. And I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to go back to it. So it's definitely slowed me down in the pandemic. Like I'm hardly doing stand up at this point and I'm still distancing a little bit which i think no one else is doing but uh, i i am like i oh you are yeah like as best as i can you know what i mean like 
I still have to get groceries sometimes, but like, I'm not, yeah. I mean, I'm not drinking. So it's like, I'm not really trying to hang out. Like, and there's like mm-hmm. a lot of creative stuff online. Like, yeah, like we kind of decided we had like a couple of friends at the beginning of the quarantine that we decided to be quarantine buddies. Um, some people have come into the circle since then. I'm a little bit trepidatious about that, but like, yeah, yeah, I, I, as much as anybody else, want things to get back to normal, but I'm kind of frustrated with the fact that like schools are opening again against like all scientific advice. Um, I want theater to open up again, but I don't want things to open up prematurely. I want things to open up when it's actually safe to do so, not when yeah. we're in danger of a bigger second wave, you know? I know. It's it's really scary to me how casual it is for people now. They're just like I, I it's it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me how hard New York was hit and now people are just like, mm, that wasn't that bad. It's like, do you remember? 30 days ago, how bad it was. Yeah. Um, I It's scary. But like comedy is thriving right now. They have a lot of um, open mics, uh, outdoor shows and parks and uh, some outdoor places and bars. But I think they are doing some illegal secret indoor shows, which I refuse to go to. Um, it's, it's terrifying to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Uh... So tell me about your podcast a little bit. Yeah, so I have a podcast called I'm Hot Right. Um, It, like the the hook for my podcast is that I'm bullying people into talking about how hot they think they are. But honestly, it's more just discussing like beauty standards uh, and kind of a therapy session for me, I'm realizing, because honestly, I have so many issues. So I just talk at people and then they talk about whatever they're into or about. So I had uh, your wife on and that was a lot of fun. It was great. She um, had a lot to say about beauty standards and boobs and bras and lingerie. It was, it was perfect. Yeah. Um, And what made you kind of want to start the podcast? Well, so I started the podcast in quarantine, I was doing some like Zoom comedy shows and oh, they were atrocious. Like honestly, they'd mostly be like muted. Like every, the audience would be muted and I would get into these shows and I would be like, ha ha ha, funny boob tit joke that I have. And then no one would respond and I felt like shit. Uh, so I was like, this is something that I should put my creative energy into and create some sort of a voice um, for that specific topic. Uh, I don't really know how that came about. I think I'm just kind of like obsessed with like celebrity culture and beauty standards and that type of thing. But originally I was like, I just want to have a podcast where I yell at white people and be like, why, why won't you fuck more black people? But I was like, that's pretty alienating. Uh, <laughs> and I have some cool black friends that I want to talk to, of course. Uh, so yeah, this was more of a friendly podcast, a little bit more open-minded. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So you're from Vermont and you moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite people is from Brooklyn and uh, is a senator from Vermont now. Um, how are you feeling about, because I have friends who are not worried at all about this upcoming election. Like they think it's like in the bag. And I'm, no. I'm worried. Um, I, I'm worried. I'm not pessimistic though, but I'm just like this. I just don't know what's gonna, I just can't call it. Everything this year has been off the hook. And this guy that's in there right now is, does everything that you're not supposed to do and with no repercussions. So there's like a number of scenarios that I'm kind of like can see playing out, you know? Um, but wouldn't it be crazy if I was a Trump supporter? But uh, definitely not. Um, I'm really worried. I feel like it's 2016. Um, I'm in such a liberal bubble and like, because most of my friend bases are like in Burlington, Vermont and New York city, which are the most liberal places you can ever think of. Uh, so, and LA. And so like, I don't really have like much of a perspective. Like I argue with people on Facebook all the time, uh, just for yeah. fun. When I have a free minute, I argue with Trump supporters, but you know, like, I don't really have much of a perspective uh, outside of, like, that. But it's kind of just, like, this, like, everyone's, like, an echo of, like, no, like, we totally don't agree with Trump's policies because that's what I surround myself with. But there are, I don't know. I feel like it's 2016. I feel like he's going to win. I, uh, I, it's not that I'm not worried, but I, and like, and I'm obviously going to vote. It's just like, I feel like a, it's, it's going to happen. So I have to like, accept it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You, yeah. Now, do you think about like, so your podcast kind of, it's not political per se, but like when you're talking about beauty standards and stuff like that, there mm -hmm. is kind of a social perspective. Do you kind of come to comedy like with the idea of like affecting social change or making people think differently at all? Huh, um, well, I will say my podcast is a little political. I didn't start it being political, but I feel like in this time, it's impossible to not right. be political. If you're not political, what the fuck are you thinking about <laughs> most of the day? Like, what are you doing? Where's your brain? Um, my stand-up, I started stand-up in Vermont, and it's such a white area. It's, I think there was one other comedian who was Black, or maybe two. There were two, and they're both Black men. And I really wanted to add some representation to the stand-up scene at the time. I think I was the only woman of color for a year or two <laughs> while there uh, in the whole state. Um and I did. I wrote a lot of like jokes that were, uh, I would not, not I'm not going to say like outwardly political, but I think like my existence is a little political. It's hard to not like talking about being a black woman, talking about existing in a world that is racist, I guess, if you want to talk about it like that, uh, can be political to some people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, you mentioned writing a little bit. What kind of writing do you do, like outside of jokes? Yeah, yeah. So I write a lot. I mean, writing jokes is a lot of energy and time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think people who aren't comedians realize how much time that does take at least for me it's like I usually spend it I used to before when I was doing more mics would spend like a whole day writing jokes uh every weekend but uh I did write a pilot in quarantine um I do I try to write books but that's it's it's a lot of energy and time um yeah, but like that's that's more my passion is probably getting into more screenwriting and because uh, stand up's hard. <laughs> it's and have real you ever hard. tried playwriting at all? No, I don't. I don't know anything about plays. I don't think I'd be good at writing plays. Uh, I mean, so I mean, because I I write too, and like mm-hmm. I write plays just because I'm very familiar with that format but most mm-hmm. of the stuff that I write does kind of have a cinematic quality. So it just need to be adjusted. Um, one thing I will say about that though, is like when you write a screenplay, basically like the way Hollywood treats screenwriters is a lot different than the way um, the theater world treats playwrights. Meaning like playwrights, you, kind of maintain the rights to mm-hmm. the pro to the to the text whereas like with screenwriting um yeah there's some weird things that happen to the intellectual property so i don't know i i i'm a little bit biased on theater but i'm also i was just having a conversation with the dramaturg recently talking about that so i'm kind of trying to share that with other writers just sort of like think about Putting it up as a play also, um, not to say that it, there's not still tricky stuff that can happen. For mm-hmm. instance, uh, chewing gum. Oh, did I, you lose me there for a second? Uh, I, I could hear you, but it was like a little tingy and freezing. My yeah. internet is not great, but I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. Well, chewing gum, that happened. Like it still can things can still get shady, like with like the yes. film and TV world. So just trying to find ways to protect writers, you know? Uh, I just, I feel like um, play writing and is much more sophisticated than what I'm capable of. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would be good at that. Uh, like, no, I don't think I would. Well, because, uh, like, I feel like I'm I'm probably a comedy writer through and through. I don't know if I'm – I mean, I would love to try to expand into other things. One of the things I was doing was uh, – have you heard of, like, Imagine Impact? It's, like, they give you a prompt. You write a uh, screenplay. I think it's for, like, a full movie. Um, and then you submit to Netflix, essentially – and then they pick someone, but you're right. They give you it. They basically take it from you. They give you hardly, I think they give you like a small writing credit for it. Um, which is 
you're doing all the work. <laughs> you're coming up with the concept. You're writing the whole thing. Uh, you're the creative talent. And then they're just like, you know what? You should be happy with nothing because we viewed your script. You know what I mean? Um, so it is, it's a harsh, it's harsh. It's a harsh business. I will say that. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're also a show producer, right? Yes. Uh, uh, well, was. Right. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, I used to, I've produced a lot of shows. Um, my original show was a black comedy show in Vermont, which obviously don't do anymore, which was difficult to do. Not a lot of black people doing stand-up in Vermont, so I'd have to bring a lot of people from out of town. Um, the show that I produced in New York and Brooklyn was called Rude, and it was kind of like my dating horror story, po um, not podcast, a uh, show, where I would like at the top of the show talk about dating horror stories, which I think I would just shock people and they thought I was joking and I'd be like, no, this is actually my life. It's horrible and disgusting. Um, but yeah, I do miss that. I love producing shows. What are you thinking about kind of, I know it's like hard to, you can't really predict when things are gonna open up, um, but what do you kind of want to see happen on the other side of the great pause? I don't even know. Uh, as far as producing goes, I'm hoping to return to an indoor venue. Um, I'm really holding on to that idea. Like I definitely have the opportunity to buy a mic, find a location, produce outside, but there's so many elements of producing a show outside that you can't predict. You know, like I've been to a lot of shows in parks where you're essentially just crashing someone's picnic and being like, hey, dick, dick, dick. And they're just like trying to hang out with their family, eating a sandwich. Uh, don't like that. I'm a very type A person. So I love an indoor venue where you can control the sound. You can control who's in the venue. You can get rid of hecklers, that type of thing. So I'm definitely, I'm holding out. Um, I don't think it will be until spring before I can produce another show, which is terrifying and sad but you know i don't want people to die so here we are and i know you didn't like the zoom and i can imagine that and i'm kind of i'm i'm planning on doing some kind of one man show like probably in november um and it'll mm -hmm. be like some music and some storytelling and the way that I write, there are usually jokes in there where, um, yeah, and just that's like the thing I'm kind of trying to figure out, like what element of it is live, what element of it is pre-recorded, because that's something I've seen that works well in the new medium people are playing around with is like, some things are pre-recorded, some things are live, or the whole thing is kind of pre-recorded. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's, it is weird not having that reaction to kind of know how the show is going, like that feedback from an audience, to kind of know how things are landing, whether it's jokes or serious, you know? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I've never really done any kind of like more performing. I don't think think I've only ever done a joke at like a laugh, like every 30 seconds or so. Uh, So it's, it's hard when it's like you're you're thriving off of that reaction like that's that's the why you're there is to get that reaction to like have it someone involuntarily laugh uh so it, i i don't know it, it was horrible for me but i hope it goes well for you <laughs> um some people have been able to figure it out i think it's for a lot of people it's better than nothing yeah i don't know yeah, it's it's a weird thing though because it's not it's not like live, like so theater's not live, stand up's not live, but it's also not the same thing as like a filmed performance. So it's not a film either. It's like this in between thing, which I'm kind of wondering after, like what this does after, as far as like zoom after this is over because like i'm doing a shakespeare production this week um Mm. and that's with like a london-based company and so to be able to like work with people around the world and like across distances that aspect is really cool um but right now the technology as far as like having a lot like a an audience isn't there but maybe it will be like maybe a month from now you'll be able to like have an audience like that feels more like it's in a room. I don't know. Somebody can make a lot of money doing that. Maybe you should do it because I'm way too dumb to figure that out. (laughs) But no, the definitely good things that have happened from the pandemic, um, you know. Getting a little lag there. You good? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there are some good things that have happened from the pandemic. Like you were saying, being able to uh, be a part of a show with people that are um, around the world that might not have been open to doing that via Zoom previously. Um, People are able to attend school remotely. Some people are working remotely when they weren't given that flexibility before. So there are some good things about things moving online, but I I truly don't think stand-up is one of them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when you write, like, how do you, like, how much of your jokes or your routine is, like, written out? Like, that's an interesting thing as a student of comedy, like I know, um, like George Carlin, he wrote like everything out, like to a T. And then some people kind of write ideas. Um, I know Mark Marin kind of like riffs until like he, like he develops his whole routines by like riffing on ideas kind of live. Um, and then going back and like working on them. So kind of what's your, process yeah i mean everyone does have a different process like you were saying um i have a lot of different friends who are more professional comics and 
some of them really just like have certain beats that they hit, you know, like certain parts that they're like, this is what I need in the joke. Uh, but I think the comics that I respect, hmm, I don't know if I want to use that word, but uh, the, the comics that I enjoy watching more are the ones that really have certain words, like specific words where they really break everything down. And when they're doing the jokes over and over and over, city to city, show to show, they're changing those words to figure it out. And I'm saying, I think I'm the same way. I really write every single word, word by word, sentence by sentence. Uh, One, because I still have a lot of, of performance anxiety. And two, uh, sometimes I get on stage and I'll go blank if I'm just like, hey, I want to talk, you know, it's funny. I want to think about a date I went on. Like my mind will go blank and then I'll just start like rambling a little bit and just will be like, hi, it was great. Like not particularly like the beats that I want to hit. So it's important for me to personally write everything down. Um, and then the good thing about that is you're able to listen to the laughter and go back and be like, okay, this part of the sentence wasn't that funny. Okay, I'm going to switch it out for this. And then um, just keep working on it and switching things out until, I'm not going to say it's perfect, but it works better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any favorite like comedians, like maybe legends and then kind of contemporaries that resonate with you? Uh, so I'm someone who actually didn't grow up loving or watching stand-up. Part of my upbringing, um, I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't allowed to watch TV growing up or really like have like a, uh, that are super famous. I, I love like a Jim Gaffigan, John Mulaney, um, Maria Bamford. I think like I listen to a lot of comics that are like bad. So sorry. Wait, give it a minute. Sorry. Right. Okay. It was no, coming in and out a little bit. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Should I repeat that whole thing or are we good? Maybe try to. Um, I can piece some things together, but. Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I didn't grow up listening to a lot of stand-up, so I, I'm i not sure if I have, like, a lot of, like, influences that people would say, like, those are, like, the classic comics. Like, I wasn't allowed to, like, watch TV growing up, but big fan of, like, John Mulaney and, like, Maria Bamford. Um kind of like really popular comedians, I'd say, but I, the comedians that I get the most energy from are the newer comedians uh, that, you know, that are still good. I'm not going to say like open mic comedians, but newer as in like they're in their first 10 years, because I think that gives like people a really fresh perspective, really like hungry perspective on stand up. Um, and just like, it's, it's much more exciting to me to go and like listen, like watch a show, like of what people call like local comedy, but like it's uh, people that I book on my show or people that I'm seeing around the corner in Brooklyn than watching a special at home. Mm-hmm. So much of comedy is like seeing it live, you know. And what got you into it? Me and the stand up. Uh, I, I don't know. I think like growing up, I was always kind of funny, but not 
in a way where anyone ever appreciated it. Uh, <laughs> I, I like grew up in a pretty Christian community. Um, so I was a little bit like edgy. Like I thought abortions were so funny to joke about. Um, I don't know if I find that that funny now, but you know, I was a little bit edgy, kind of like the class clown that no one liked. Um, so <laughs> just being a little bit like on the outskirts um, and also just like being an outcast. Like I was the only black person in, in my class until high school, you know, so, or black person in my school until high school. So it's, it's being like very different, I think gives you a big perspective on comedy. There's so many like white guys that were, that do stand up and are like, ugh, no one wanted to have sex with me. That's why I started doing stand up. And it's like, yeah, no one wanted to have sex with me either, but I was also like such a weirdo growing up. Um, but like specifically stand up, I, I don't know. It was just something I was good at. There's sometimes, I'm not saying I'm amazing. Like I'm not saying that, but there, it just drew me to it. Um, I was able to write a joke. I was able to figure it out early on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there was a question I was going to ask. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, where's the best place for people to find you at? To find me at? Mm -hmm. Like my stand-up or just me in general? So you whatever, can't find like whatever you want. Yeah, you can't find my stand-up anywhere. Uh, I always tell people I'm not going to post a clip until I'm on Comedy Central. And I think that's really important is protecting your art until you're ready. Don't put anything out there if it's an open mic. But um, if you want to find me, my Instagram is at okjademarcott. And my podcast is wherever you can find podcasts. It's I'm Hot Right. And also on Instagram, it's I'm Hot Right Pod. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Um, how is your, like, what are you doing for yourself right now? Um, since you can't, I mean, I know you're doing the podcast and is mm -hmm. that, is that filling that need? Like kind of, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you taking care of yourself right now? Oh my God. I'm not is short answer. Uh, well, so I'm working full time. I'm going to school full time. Um, and I'm podcasting every week, trying to talk to people and do other people's podcasts happy that i'm doing yours and doing my own um and i'm trying to go and do a show once a week um but yeah i think it's a difficult time for everyone we uh i'm coping though what about you yeah like uh it's been a super it's not what i thought 2020 was going to be like i was like really focused on acting this year specifically um yeah. but it's writing has been pretty prolific and then the podcast was something that like i've been doing it for a couple of years but it was kind of really lagging um but i knew it was kind of important and like for me it's 
kind of similar to what you said. Like, I do think it's sort of not in the way we were talking about earlier about like the bad kind of public therapy. Um, I think having one-on-one conversations is really good and something that I think a lot of us weren't doing, especially pre-COVID. I think one of the silver linings of COVID is um, I've been picking up the phone and calling people. That's not something I did like pre-COVID. I was like text only. So right. yeah, like I think kind of shifting and just shifting like what's important um, has been has been really good for me. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Same. I feel like it's a weird time of like making more connections, even though a lot of people are lonelier than ever. Um, but it, it, it makes it easier to reach out to other people. I feel like there have definitely been times in my life that I've been lonely, but now I'm like, everyone's lonely. So yeah, everyone it's, it's a weird time of like not having a lot of connections. So it's easier to make connections. I feel like, like everyone's lonely right now. Everyone's alone, which creates like more vulnerability. And it's been easier for me to reach out to other people. And I've been more comfortable with that, knowing that they're also lonely and sitting at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what are you, so what's your like full-time job? And what are you studying in school? I, so I work in customer service. Uh, real fun. Um, not. Um, and then I'm studying like film right now. I'm going to community college because it's cheap. But eventually I just want to have like a film degree, probably in screenwriting. Nice. And yes. what are, are you, have you thought about shooting something or shooting things? Yes, uh, I have. I really have. I mean, my thing, I'm such a, I'm big on like not doing things unless I can do it a hundred percent. And I know it's going to be so much money to shoot, shoot something. Uh, and I'm, the crowdfunding, like that alone is going to be so much of my energy, but eventually I'll, I'll get it together and do something eventually. And what about shooting like smaller things, like micro content? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, that's social media is so cool. And so many people are getting like famous from that alone, shooting shorter things and, doing the comedy clips and TikTok and all of that. I don't know if that's the medium for me. Uh, I really do want to do like a full pilot. Like that's my first thing that I'll probably shoot. But unfortunately, that costs money. (laughs) So why, why do you think not the smaller content for you? Just like conceptually or... Yeah, I think that uh, I personally want to tell more of a story than I can in a few clips Um, or just like a shorter content. Uh, And if I, I I just feel like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. But 
you know, there is something to be said about breaking things down and doing things to get um, more of a popularity on social media. Uh, So maybe it's something that I should think about and be open to, but right now I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, like I think there's a way of like maybe telling jokes in a different way. There is. Um, And just saying, like, because my big thing during quarantine has been, I, like, I think on a big scale of things, but I do have, I am, like, the type, like, I write, I sing, um, I act, and I want to produce also. But it's, like, not all of those things have to be at the same time. However, there are, like, things that I've thought about doing kind of these vague ideas in my head, some of them more concrete than others. And so when everything shut down and I had more time, I didn't have the excuse of not having enough time. Um, So I've started like exploring some of those things. I kind of stopped on like the, the filmmaking thing, but just, just saying like, if you're interested in filmmaking, it's sort of, like, yes, there's the thing of doing things for possible um, social media following, but also just there's a lot that you learn just by doing things that That's ultimately, true. like, ultimately a degree doesn't necessarily teach you. For sure. Good, like, sure. some of them can, but, like, sometimes there's, like, a disconnect between the page and the actual process. And you can only learn totally. the process by doing so. I don't know. Totally understand, totally agree. Um, my degree is just because I want a degree, not necessarily anything to do with um, thinking that it will help me in any way. Uh, I was gonna go to school for computer science and I was like, that sounds too fucking hard. Uh, <laughs> film sounds easier and more interesting. And I might enjoy the process a little bit more. But yeah, no, there is a lot to be said for just doing it. It's the same, like whenever I get into stand-up, I get into that world. And it's just like, I don't know, there's never going to be a perfect time. (laughs) There's never going to be the perfect joke. Just get on stage and do it all the time. Like that's that's the only advice I can give you. (laughs) Hold on, you're lagging a bit. Ugh, gosh, this is so bad. Um, My internet. So I heard you, yeah, you I, said I just moved to a new apartment. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it happens. Um, I heard you when you said, like, when people ask about getting into stand-up comedy, basically it comes down to you just have to do it. Like they're like we were talking about. There's not one way. There's like doing it. Um, and then I didn't hear what you said kind of after that uh i i think i just said it there there yeah i I don't know if i really said anything after that i think i said a lot of people never take that step of actually doing it so if you do it once or hopefully you keep doing it but if you do it once you're far ahead of the game of most people um yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's smart that 
like, yes, there's stuff you'd learn in computer science, but if you're not gonna enjoy it, um, I don't like think that that's the move. Like I heard there's some quote, like the worst thing, like it's not just about being successful in life at any cost. Um, because if you're successful in the wrong thing, like that's, that can be a waste too. Like meaning you go through your whole life and you go down this path that like you're not at all connected to. And then you turn around like, I mean, maybe being successful and like being financially secure, like that's something everybody wants. So it's not like, it's not, I'm not saying don't be, do things that would make you financially secure. Um, but I'm saying like, if you spend a lot of energy and effort on being successful in something that's not ultimately what you want to do, then, you know, it might be a missed opportunity. Like, I think it would be, yeah, I think you have to go for what you want in this life. We have limited time, you know? I know. I'm getting so old. Uh, Yeah, you're totally right. Computer science would fucking suck. (laughs) I just, yeah, being financially secure is something that is a struggle for most people in New York. Uh, But, oh, my God working full-time and going to school full-time and not loving what I'm doing as far as school or even liking it. Uh, I I don't, I don't think I could keep up with it. I think I'd go crazy. Yeah. I find also like when I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, that gives me the energy to do the things that I don't necessarily want to do, but have to do. It's like, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like having that purpose, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Do you have any um, final thoughts you want to leave with today? Um, for final thoughts, uh, I hope everyone in the pandemic is doing what you need to do to get through it. I think in the beginning of the pandemic, I felt enormous amount of pressure to uh, maintain the same lifestyle that I had before. Um, maintain that same level of productivity, but, you know, it's important to take breaks, see a therapist if you need to, mental health, real important, uh, exercise, not to lose weight, just to have fun or, uh, to help your mental health. Um, yeah, I think those are my only thoughts. Cool. Um, well, it's good sitting down, talking with you. Um, I look forward to sharing this, um, and then I look forward to sharing something else with you uh, in the future, which I'll announce later. Uh, I'm not going to give spoiler right now, but yeah, pleasure talking with you, connecting face-to-face. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. So that was my conversation with Jade Marcotte, the host of the I'm Hot Right podcast. Um, Check that out. And I don't know what I was uh, thinking, talking about no spoilers at the end, because, of course, it would make sense to announce in this episode um, that I'm going to be sharing the episode that she did um, with my wife uh, in a future episode. So she's going to be the first 
guest host. Um, some people call it crowd casting. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, even though I totally got the show wrong in the beginning. Um, and I thought about editing that out, but part of the thing that I'm trying to do with this podcast is share and show the process. Um, so that includes showing some of my flaws and sharing those. It's not that I don't want to seek excellence and I don't want to be great. Um, and, and, and hopefully encourage other people to, to seek excellence and greatness. But I believe that part of getting there, um, is it's all about the process. It's all about the journey. Um, and really there is no there, there is no ultimate destination of greatness. It's all process. There's still going to be mistakes. That said, I hope, uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope I edited that to your liking. Um, please check out Jade Marcotte and her podcast. I'm hot right in the show notes. And, um, if you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, share. Um, all the links will be in the show notes. Um, follow her on Instagram, follow her podcast on Instagram. And if you enjoy this, please share it with somebody else or um, feel free to reach out to me if you have something interesting that you want to share with the world. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm super excited about the different guests I have coming up that I've talked to recently. So um, please come back on Monday um, with new episodes. I will talk to you then. And until then, create, be the change you want to see in the world. Peace. Peace.